Hello and welcome to the podcast The Wallet. I'm Emily Bellet, founder of Vestpod and author of You're Not Broke, You're Pretty Rich. Every week with my brilliant guest, we give you the best tips, guidance, and a good dose of inspiration and motivation to manage your money better. We want you to feel confident in saving more, earning more, and investing for the long term. And today we're back with an episode of The Hotline. And remember that if you'd like to participate, you can send me your burning questions about money, send me a voice note at podcast at vespod.com, or follow the link in the show notes. We'd also love to hear your proud money moments, your questions and comments. As always, also join us on vespod.com for events, workshops, and a lot of free money resources. In today's episode, we talk about emotional spending. With January sales in full swing, temptation to splurge is everywhere. And while spending impulsively on occasion is okay, it's important to understand that the rush we get from shopping is short-lived. If you often find yourself having a hard time trying to control your spending or impulse buying to improve your mood, it might be time to take a look at curbing the habit. So today on The Wallet, we understand what emotional spending is and why it provides that all-too-familiar bit fleeting feeling of the shopper's high. We find out why it's important to be conscious of your emotions and the role they play in your spending. And finally, we learn practical tips that will help reduce and completely stop your unintentional overspending. Remember that we are not certified financial advisors, so information shared on this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not constitute financial advice. I'd also just like to say a quick thank you to our sponsor, Pension B. Pension B has helped over 600,000 savers be pension confident. And it enables savers to take control of their finances by helping them transfer their old pensions together into one simple online plan. With Pension B, you can manage your pension in a few clicks, check your real-time balance, your projected retirement income, and set up contributions and withdrawals all from the palm of your hand. Plus, you'll get human support from your very own UK-based account manager, or as Pension B calls them, Beekeeper. You can sign up to Pension B today with the names of your old pension providers in just five minutes. And if you're self-employed, you can start a new pension from scratch. As always with investments, your capital is at risk. So, this week, I wanted to talk about emotional spending. It's something we also call retail therapy. It's a well-known fact that emotions influence our decisions. And this includes decisions on whether or not we buy something. So can you think of a time you bought something you didn't necessarily need or want? I certainly have a few of these. And whether you realized this at the time or not, you probably made the purchase while maybe feeling excited or feeling sad or feeling bored maybe stress, jealous, or even angry. With online shopping and one-click checkouts becoming the default for how we shop, making an impulse purchase has become easier than ever. But let's backpedal for a second. What is impulse spending and why do we do it? Emotional spending is when you purchase a product or service and you're trying to feel good because you're excited or to ease or avoid negative feelings. So if you feel the urge to spend money to feel good um, and find yourself making questionable financial decisions as a result, then you may be an emotional spender. I don't like the categorization, but that can help you understand how you actually spend money. 
This kind of shopping is rooted in the brain's pleasure reward system. So buying things give us a dopamine high, which is why for some people it can become highly addictive. Research from Stanford University, you can find the link in the show notes, has shown that when we see pictures of things we'd like to buy, the region of our brain associated with the release of dopamine is activated. And dopamine is released whenever we experience something exciting or something new. This means that buying things provides us with an instant hit of feel-good emotions. And once the dopamine wears off, we crave it again. However, shopping can never provide us with long-term feelings of happiness. In fact, overspending on impulse can make us feel really bad about ourselves in the long run, which restarts this like unhealthy cycle. So before you know it, we are actually surrounded by stuff we didn't budget for, feeling guilty about our perceived lack of self-control and, of course, less money um, in our wallet. And that's maybe something you've experienced during lockdown when we could, you know, we were feeling lonely, we were feeling sad and we wanted to have this sort of, you know, reward. And I know for us it was maybe ordering books. I, I, I hear people ordering maybe some, you know, candles. I mean, these weren't like big expensive, but these small, small things and just having this delivery, that was maybe the highlight of your day and you liked it because you could chat with the delivery driver. You could, you know, open your package, get this excitement. But then for me, it was just looking at these like piles and piles of books that I didn't have time to read. But is it ever okay to emotionally spend? Yes, <laughs> of course, everyone enjoys a little retail therapy here and there, but it's a worry when it becomes unmanageable. So for example, when we don't realize that we are overspending or we feel like we are no longer in control. If you don't feel guilty about splurging on impulse and you are still able to pay your bills, able to save, invest, stay out of debt, that's great. But if you feel you're losing control with this habit, it's never too late to address it. And after all, all of us can benefit from making our money stretch a bit further. How do we stop ourselves from overspending? The first step to overcoming emotional spending is actually just admitting that you have a tendency to spend impulsively. Remember, there's no judgment here. So don't let those guilty feelings creep in. Once you've accepted the role your emotions play in your spending, it's easier to start making changes. If you feel that your emotional spending is completely out of control and no matter how hard you tried, you can't seem to stop, it could be worthwhile seeking help from a professional counselor or therapist to help you get to the root of the problem. Money coaches can also help you with your money mindset and spending habits. If, however, you are mostly in control, but you find yourself having occasional slip-ups, you can take steps yourself to break the habits. And here, I'm just going to give you eight tips and ideas to get you started. One, get to know your triggers. What emotions are driving you to shop? Do you shop when you're procrastinating? After an argument with someone? When you're stressed at work, when you're bored and scrolling through Instagram, or at night when you're in bed and need to relax. Getting an idea of your triggers will help you understand what emotions you're trying to mask with your shopping. Keep an impulse spending journal. The next time you find yourself about to click buy, <laughs> write down the context. For example, I'm stressed because my to-do list today is super long and I know a lot of you can relate. Um, and soon you'll begin to see a pattern which will make it easier to recognize when you're feeling off. 
Two, find alternative ways to distress or feel good. When we're feeling something we don't really want to be feeling, we naturally look for ways to avoid it and feel better instead. And the key is to find healthy coping mechanisms for dealing with this. For example, when you feel stress creeping in, you could go for a quick 10-minute walk or spend five minutes on a deep breathing exercise. If you're feeling FOMO, this like fear of missing out about some friends or influencers' life, write on a gratitude list of 10 things you're grateful for that day. Three, always have a budget. It's no use telling yourself that you can never spend on impulse. When things are straight out forbidden, it can be even harder to resist temptation. Instead, make sure you have a budget and you can use a rule like the 50, 30, 20 or something else that works for you. Having money to spend on fun, non-essentials, knowing exactly how much you have to spend and tracking that spending will help keep you accountable. Just allow a pot in your budget for impulse spending and set a shopping date in your calendar. Four, delete shopping apps. Delete them from your phone and unsubscribe for marketing emails. Instagram can be a bit of a trigger too. So make sure you only follow accounts that actually make you feel good. Five, before buying something, weigh up the pros and cons. Shoppers high can interfere with healthy decision making. So write a list of pros and cons and sleep on it so you know you're spending for the right reasons. Maybe you can ask a partner or a friend about their opinion. And if you still want it, see if there's a cheaper alternative out there, for example on eBay. Six, only buy things that have been with your wish list for at least two weeks. This makes your spending intentional. Keep a Pinterest board or have a physical recent down list. Whatever works. If you find that after two weeks you still want the item and that's within your non-essential budget, you can go for it. What I tend to do sometimes is put the items in my basket, just leave them there, don't check out, don't pay for it, and then come back to it like a few days later and see, do I actually still want these items? Just the fact that I put them in my cart is actually helping me feel quite good about it. Seven, challenge yourself. Set yourself a challenge of not buying anything new, non-essential for two weeks. This is a good way to test your resolve and be impressed with just how much you can save in a short amount of time. And eight, and this is maybe the most important thing for me, connect with your values. Can you zoom out and think about the big things? What kind of impact do you want to make on the world? What kind of person do you want to be? What are your priorities in life? I know these are like huge questions and you may not have the answer to this, but when you connect with your values on a day-to-day basis, you will think less about the quick fix, superficial things that might make you happy and instead focus on the things that truly matter. Finally, it's powerful to acknowledge that something is causing you harm and to take action against it. Remember, not spending money is not a sacrifice, but it's actually an opportunity to allocate the money somewhere else. And for me, my personal preference, long-term savings and investments. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Wallet, The Hotline today. Every other week, I answer your emails about money on the show. And to get involved, send your questions and comments via hotline to podcast at vespot.com. If you send us a voice note, you may even get to hear your voice on the next hotline episode. Be sure to share this show with your friends and subscribe on your favorite platform. Please also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It only takes a few seconds, but it helps more people find our show. 
Next Thursday on The Wallet, Claire Francis, Savings and Investments Director at Barclays and a board trustee for the Money and Mental Health Policy Institute, talks about managing your finances when you're a single mom, as well as her journey from journalism to banking and new beginnings.